0: All right, so I told Zach from Working Drummer Podcast that I would do this all in one take, so here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. Today's guest is Dan Mayo, an Israeli drummer who has one of the most distinct sounds of any player today, partly thanks to his AF drum set, but mostly due to his personality behind the kit and background in a wide range of musical genres, which you'll hear about today. His main project is the power trio Tatran, but Dan is also a prolific solo artist, in addition to working with many other legends such as Esther Rada and Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park. We chatted for quite a while, and so I split our conversation into two parts. Part one, which you're about to hear, starts off with me playing a bunch of songs from Dan's career, and he discusses each, dissects each one. God, this is where I would start over Zach, but powering through. He answers some listener questions, and then we dive into a more general list of the top five influences that shaped him into the drummer he is today. Part two is five specific records that shaped his tuning style and why. So not only is Dan a very generous human being with his time, but he's funny and humble, and I really hope that these episodes turn you into a Dan fan, as I am not a fan of Zach for making me do this all in one take. So enjoy part one. I just wanted to start off by playing a few tracks from you, and then uh, you don't know what these tracks are. And for everyone that is listening, you can listen to all the tracks that we either discuss or I play on the show uh, on a Spotify playlist. Just search for Big Fat Five Podcast Dan Mayo, uh, and you'll find all the songs. But I'm just going to play one. You don't know what it is, and just maybe tell me where it brings you.
1: What, what, what a gentle fade out
0: nice <laughs> I, know, I know I'm getting good at this thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the song Elephant from the uh, from the album 4C from your band uh, Tatran yes such Trio. a sick beat dude
1: yeah thank you very much yeah Tatran is like my baby uh, we've been together for 10 years now maybe 9 I'm not sure um, but we write a lot of songs and a lot of the the DNA of all three of us comes through these uh songs Mm -hmm. or in the band basically um specifically elephant is like a crazy song um one of my favorites that's for sure even in on shows it goes like really almost p-funk kind of thing yeah like a psychedelic uh groove thing yeah very a lot of momentum um and yeah i mean i mean we just had a show a few days ago uh, we talked about about it before the interview a little bit yeah uh, it was great like first show since COVID so it was amazing and uh, we still write a lot of music actually we just had like a writing session today so
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> even after you got no sleep man dude you are a workhorse
1: yeah yeah I mean it was crazy I mean I really haven't slept at all so
0: I, I know you have solo records it, how how collaborative are you outside of the drums with that band
1: um, what do you mean? Like rephrase the question. <laughs>
0: um, how, how involved in the, mu- in the not drums oh, of that, not, of, okay, of okay, that music? Yeah. That's <laughs> such uh, a poorly worded question. The no, second no, but, time for me. But
1: <laughs> this one I got, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, we all write this, like together, like really together. Um, of course I'm not like, uh, hey man, dude, like, uh, sauce 9 in this, uh, you know, verse. I'm not like this, but, uh, but we, we do write together. I mean we hang out we just play songs uh, sometimes i feel like we need another melody uh we talked we talk about it uh, it's like really all of us together at first i mean we, we, when we just started um Ophiel, that's that's our bass player he wrote most of the songs uh okay. basically he called he he called me and and tamuz the the guitar uh, player and said hey guys Let's connect. I feel like we're going to have like a crazy trio. Uh, We've got to meet up. And then I bailed like two times. (laughs) I don't know why. Uh, And then the third time that I did show up, uh, it was amazing, Uh, instant like a connection. Um, And then we start like working on his songs at first uh, with our like arrangements. And now it's like we just write together,
0: all of us. why do you yeah. feel like you bailed the first two times?
1: I'm problematic in in like like for me to be in a band is like very intense, mm-hmm. and and once I in, I'm in the band I'm in the band for life, so sure. so that's why like I bailed because I'm like okay it's I it it was heavy for me I I it it wasn't just to to come and play for me it was more than that so.
0: That's quite it wasn't out of laziness, it was about like, oh, I'm gonna be obsessed with this. So it was quite the opposite.
1: Yeah, I knew it's gonna be like a, a lot of energy. So mm-hmm. so yeah, that's the ma- the main reason.
0: That theme is gonna tie into something else I want to talk about later. But Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go to the next one, which uh yeah, I'll just I'll just play it.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Now I gotta fade it back in though. Damn it. All right. Oh jeez. You've got the you've got the you magic se- hands. You, you can set do yourself it. up. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> ask though before you even start talking what is is that your your throne going back and forth at the beginning oh -oh, -oh." Oh, no 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 subdivision
1: that's uh that's uh i think the radio i mean okay this session was like a crazy weird session uh a lot of weird things with the session i'm gonna start with the main weird thing and it's a person his name is Noam Levenberg yeah. and, and he's crazy. Uh, he's a, he's a sound engineer, but for me, he's a lot more than just a sound engineer. Um, I met him like, actually he recorded the first album of Tatran. Um, okay. that's how we met. And then, uh, he started to get like really barbaric with the years over the years. So, and I, when I, when I say barbaric, I like, I really mean it just like crazy barbaric person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even like today. He's standing right
0: behind you now.
1: <laughs> oh shit. I mean he can. I mean he he's possible. It's it's very possible for him to stand behind me right now. I mean I'm I'm scared a little bit right now to be honest. But um this session was actually we just uh met in a garage for two hours, maybe three I, I think I think even two hours. And and, and like Half a half an hour of, of this session he, he ate an hamburger so that's that's like <laughs> that's what happened yeah and and he 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 brought like a lot of effects and weird shit. and and when it, in this song, a track he just saw a radio like an old radio in the garage the, this garage is actually now a studio called hanagaria it's a crazy studio up north in israel um but the studio's up, upstairs, not, not at the, the, the workshop. Okay. Um, so we, we played at the workshop. So, uh, and then he took the, this radio and started to just mess around with the radio. It was crazy. And then I, I played with the radio. He, he, he took like a mic and put it on the radio. It was like very weird. Okay. Uh, I think I have a video of that, but I haven't released it. I, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, it was crazy, crazy session. Uh, yeah that that and, and that
0: session is from it's the, the album's woodhouse um, yeah and that woodhouse. song's playing with the devil and you did a bunch of releases on instagram of the videos of the record um this this last year so if people yeah. want to check it out go to your youtube you can see the like the woodshed you're talking about
1: yeah actually we we i haven't planned on like releasing it as an album okay i just had like a i just wanted to do like just a session with videos like a few videos or whatever yeah. but uh it was so uh, fun to do and to make, and we had so many tracks from uh, this day. So, and I saw the comments like, uh, "Please send, like, do do an album." So I decided, yeah, why not? Just let's let's release all these uh, tracks mm-hmm. as an album. Uh, and yeah, it was uh, <laughs> crazy. I, I was wearing my in ears the entire time, so I heard all the stuff that he he does while I'm playing, and it was crazy. I mean, he's a crazy, crazy guy.
0: Yeah, it's a really yeah. cool record, man. There's a lot of uh... You, you have a lot of trinkets. So we actually had I didn't use it as one of the Instagram questions, but we had someone ask because um, I, th- I, I basically thought it was too much of a loaded question. But they were like, can you have Dan talk about all the little circular metal, like the bings and booms he's using? Mm. And I was like, well, maybe just DM him because that's a yeah. little bit. But you do use a lot of cool. I mean, that's just part of your style in general. But in that session, you can visually see um, a lot of the cool sound toys you're using.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, and right now I think I started using those things uh, regularly back then, like in in Woodhouse session, mm-hmm. and now I can't go without it. I mean, for me, <laughs> I just because uh, it's melodies for me. You know, uh, when yeah. when you have like a a, a it's not even uh, have to be like a an instrument. Even if you take like a, just a metal thing that rings, you get a melody, and that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's how I can play uh, drums. Uh, and enjoy it without uh, searching the melody you know all over sure Uh, yeah so it's so super fun
0: I love it I love it um and yeah I guess just for some reason I was hoping you'd say it was your chair because I there's been so many sessions that I've kind of ruined because I I definitely move a lot when I'm not playing that's kind of how my my meter keeps going and so I'm like oh someone else that you can hear their chair uh (laughs) but alas um nope I'm still just alone on this hill
1: I I mean it's it's a great thing. To, I mean with the chair. I'm going to think about it to to play with my with my squeaky chair. That's that's awesome.
0: All right. So, the yeah. next one is going to be a YouTube video and I'll just set you up for this one. So, this is actually a live video of you doing a solo with Mike Shinoda and it's basically <laughs> I started it right as people started to clap with you, but then you started okay. to do kind of a a very intricate uh, time shift, like a metric modulation thing, and so everyone's mm. like, "Oh, we're gonna stop clapping now because he's obviously <laughs> doing something really amazing." But uh, yeah, so oh this is God. about where they start to realize they can't clap along. Oh man! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you have a double pedal for this uh, live show? No, no. God dang. Yeah, that right there?
1: Oh yeah, the triplets.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Damn, no double pedal. That's amazing, dude. No,
1: I never use double pedal. Actually, I'm very bad at double pedal. I I, I tried it like a few times and I'm like the worst ever. So I'm just like, I'm not going to even, (laughs) no, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I'm really, I really appreciate people that can actually, uh, play a good double pedal. That's, it's it's in art form. So, Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I mean, so the reason why I brought that up a, just because there's some really cool licks, people can just dissect that, uh, that little solo, but you are very much an improvisational leaning player. Um, and so when you play with Mike, do you enjoy the restraint that you're forced to have when playing with that? Is that a whole nother element that you kind of like to bring in?
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, that's the thing I learned um, with Tatran, to be honest, mm. because before Tatran, I was very free spirit. I just played whatever I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, not, never like a structure thing. I never had like a awareness to bass player and bass drum. For me, it was just like yeah, let's play. I feel like it's groovy, and let's groove something. Mm. Um, But then Ophir uh, from Tatran, he's like uh, he's very uh, uh, good with structures. So he's Mm. like let's let's uh, try to make like parts in the songs, not just free uh, jazz kind of thing. Because I was like I came from jazz at that time. I was like playing a lot of free jazz and stuff, Um, and then I learned to appreciate. And to notice um how to play uh, in a band how to play structures how to play length of notes like if it's quarter let's play quarter note like let's play the crash and stop it after like a quarter sure that's yes, so uh because that's that's the note mm-hmm. and i noticed uh, like i learned how to be very precise with my parts and then when i uh, played with mike i i felt like how it comes to uh like how, how, I can, how I can use all these tools that I uh, learned uh, with the touch run, basically. And and Mike was very also, he's very interesting and amazing producer, I've got to say. Working with him was uh, a, 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 a not a, only a pleasure, like a huge surprise because he knows what he wants, but with that, he also wants me to be myself. And when he hear me like play something fresh or that feels comfortable to me and it fits with the song he's like wait a second forget what i said do that uh and also he was like just after i think 3 shows is like yeah then you should you should have a solo uh, so uh uh in one of the songs and then it was like almost every night i had a solo so uh, it was uh, super fun <laughs> and then i had like a it was a perf- like a perfect balance for, for me because i had like this, this structure songs and then I had a solo. Um, and also, Mike on the stage, Mike is like a no mistake, uh, mistakes guy. He's like, a, whatever happens, let's just enjoy it. It's not like you had a mistake, I'm gonna find you. You know, it's, it's not, he's super nice guy. And it's just, let's, let's play music and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So uh, every night was just fun. I, I didn't uh, feel that I have to play the parts as is. Otherwise, something bad is going to happen. I felt like I want to play the, the parts because that's what fits the the, the best, basically. Yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, in like my band, we thing. call them clams. When you mess clams? up... Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, we just, you know, if you, you want to catch a whale, you got to go uh, hunt for some clams. So, I thought maybe uh, because you're
1: going to eat like a bad clam, so maybe that's why. <laughs> we yeah, should. Yeah.
0: However many mess-ups, that's how many clams you have to rotten clams after the show.
1: Oh, no. That's, that's harsh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then I would have boatloads of clams every night.
1: Oh, no. I mean, we, ho- we all have mistakes, man. It's, it's, mistake is like, a, I know you already know that, but a mistake is like, a, it's a decision yeah uh basically that that's what it is I mean there's no mistakes you just it's just thom- something that humans made up I mean you you, you want to do something and then something else happens that's the mistake that's it that's what it is but if if you just go with this something else and and go with the flow uh, and decide it's not a mistake that's what it is and mm-hmm. I'm gonna embrace it it's not a mistake I mean that's what it is
0: yeah usually it's it's a, like a bass drum pattern and I'll just repeat it the next two bars. You know, it's like, oh, that's the new bass drum part. So Yeah,
1: exactly. That's that's awesome. That's, yeah.
0: So speaking of you dropping out of uh of the band, so you also and I don't want to, you know, empty your closet here, but you also dropped out of high school and music academy, which obviously it's it's not out of laziness, and you you obviously have, you know, accomplished so much. So what kind of learner do you consider yourself?
1: Um very um, self-cent- self-centered. self <laughs> <That one. laughs> I don't know. That's, that's what I I mean, I... I mean, I know it's weird, but uh, because if it's not enjoyable for me and if I'm not having a lot of fun working on the stuff that I'm working on, I'm never going to work on it. So that's basically uh, the problem I have. I mean, it's a problem, but it's not a problem. It's, it's you know... Uh, so if like uh, at school if they give me like a uh, like uh, like even in music they say okay that's let's learn this shit of music and I'm like okay this it's not interesting and I don't feel like I'm playing music so I'm not going to ever ever going to learn this shit of music uh, or shitty music. No, I was, gonna, I was yeah. gonna
0: say that, but I don't want to, you yeah, know, poke yeah. at your accent. But yeah, it sounded like you said. Here's the shitty music.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed. That, I, I mean, it's funny to have an accent because you, you notice your accent, but I can't do anything about it. So basically, I'm just hearing myself with the accent. So that's. that's what I it like is. it. Yeah. So. Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: <laughs> How would you describe your your work ethic?
1: Um, again. Like if, if I want to do the production and if it's fun for me, I'm going to do it. Um, usually I'm very bad at doing things just for money or just because I need to do them. Uh, and again, it's a problem. It's, it's another problem. Uh, I mean, it's all together. Mm-hmm. Um, because, because I'm not like, uh, um, letting myself to do stuff I don't want. I'm getting the stuff I want. So that's good bad thing about it is sometimes it's like a lot of times it's very very hard financially um emotionally like so it's hard it's hard to be a musician and to stand on your own and to say no i'm not gonna do this gig i'm not gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna play this sort of things i don't know so it's it's hard um but um i i feel like i don't have a choice to be honest because um i just ca- I, mean, I mean if i'm if if you're going to tell me to play something i don't want to play to my ears maybe you're, go- you're not you're not going to hear it but to my ears it sounds like i'm a beginner drummer just like i don't know how to play even it's mm-hmm. like it's crazy so i have to express myself and to feel like i'm playing um phrases and melodies uh, it, it has to come from within like like a phrase that i want to say And if it's not a phrase and it's just a lick or it's just a chop or, I don't know, a phrase that I'm forced to play that I feel like it's not right, I'm not going to play it good. I'm going to play it very, very bad. So, uh, and then I hate myself. So that's why I'm, (laughs) that's why I don't do those kind of things.
0: Has it always been like that? Or is there a certain gig that you're like, I'm not doing this anymore? Like, you don't have to name names, but was it an actual gig or, because you've been playing since you were three, I mean, you've been doing this a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you 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 read about me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I stalked okay. you, man. Yeah, you got to yeah. do it. it's good. Um, yeah, it was it was always like that, um, and I had to learn it on my flesh because uh, I I was trying basically to play in productions and stuff that I don't like. Uh, I'm not gonna say um, any names or something, mm-hmm. but uh, it happened a lot. And then I felt like okay, um, it's not good for me, and I feel like. Um, I don't agree with the musical uh, arrangements or whatever. So much so that I can't be on this gig anymore. Uh, nothing personal against mm. the people. Just you know, it's it's a it's like a lid on a pot. You know, you have to it it, it has to match. So uh, when it's, when when it's not matching, it's it's a problem to me.
0: Uh, yeah. That's what I think a lot of drummers that are trying to start off have to grapple with is that they want to be the quote unquote artist, but they also have to say yes to those gigs they don't want to do, play those parts they don't want to play. And in order to get to the place where they can say no to those gigs, they have to have the experience and the network to know people that will allow them to be who they are. It's it's a tough balance, Um, but that's awesome that you've gotten to the point where you can have conviction and be like i'm not doing that and you're kind of known for that which is which is rad
1: yeah thank you i mean i mean i'm still having a lot of troubles with it uh to be honest because it's it's always hard it's not like it was hard at the beginning It was mm-hmm. like, it's just always hard yeah. so it's all it's it's there are always gigs out there that I, I can actually do and make money but i don't want so you know it's it's like everyday uh sh- a struggle to be honest but uh yeah. Yeah <laughs> but uh, but it's easy it's easier for me because I feel like I really don't don't have any choice because when when I play those things I really play them very bad I mean I'm not even joking I mm. mean I mean like a beginner drummer so so that's 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 how I feel I'm very like you know <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, y'all, I wanted to, <laughs> I can't say, I wanted to talk to you about a drum I've recently received from Preston at Vessel Drumco. It's an ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum, and it's incredible. It's got a 1.5 millimeter shell, brass shell with 10 lugs, chrome over brass, triple flange hoops, a trick uh, three position strainer, 42 strand wires. It's lovely. It's loud. And it cuts and records as beautiful as a piece of butter cake. And and Preston, actually, this is why it's called the Ocean Patina, is he covers the shell with seaweed and then drops it in the ocean for a certain period of time. And then it patinas with all these crazy cool designs. And if you all remember, Preston was actually one of the first guests on the podcast. When I first started out, I didn't really know what the Big Fat Five format was going to be or if it was going to be even Big Fat Five at all. But I went to his garage, his his you know, where he makes all of his drums. It was really cool. He walked me through. The episode is essentially from start to finish what happens with a drum. And it was, it was a really fun episode. It's now archived at bigfatsnaredrum.com, just because it doesn't fit the format of Big Fat 5. I want you to get back to the show. But go check it out. This drum is beautiful. And he actually let me use it on an Eve 6 tour. And I didn't keep it and i regretted it ever since then just because i was trying to pinch pennies at the time and i just kept thinking about it and so the opportunity to get it again was presented and it is one of my favorite drums so the ocean patinaed 14 by five and a half snare drum check it out reach out to me go to vessel drum co the instagram's just at vessel drum co and check it out it's amazing it's beautiful sounds great bye so I, yeah. I think we can just move into the Instagram questions and then we'll okay, get into yeah. your top five. Yeah. So sure. the first question was from Madden Class, and I think it kind of already worked itself out, but her, her question was five shock face emojis with four <laughs> fire emojis, and then you already responded with a fist bump and your own fire emoji. So yeah. I believe that kind of that question was answered online. That's the millennial
1: con- uh, communication, yeah. you know, just like emojis. It was emojis. beautiful. I,
0: it was, Yeah. yeah. It's really natural. <laughs> um, and so Jacob Friedman, which is uh, Jacob F. Music on Instagram, he was wondering if, if Dan has any uh, drum exercise or a specific method that's helped him build his coordination and independence.
1: Yes, I have. And it's a weird answer. Good. I'm trying. Good. <laughs> You're already, already <laughs> laughing. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, my answer is uh, just the thing I'm trying to do It's to uh, look at the thing I'm trying to play as one thing. So, like, for example, when you drive your car, you're not, like, thinking, okay, I need to brake now. So I'm going to press the the brake pedal, and then I'm going to do this other thing, and then I'm going to do, like, 2,000 things all at once. You just brake the car. It's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So with drums, when you have, like, a lot of different... um, phrases all at once i'm trying to get like to step back and hear the main phrase that that it creates basically with polyrhythms with with uh, the polyrhythmics and with uh with everything basically Mm -hmm. um and then i'm trying to just to mimic uh the phrase i hear the main phrase without thinking about the left hand doing something else while the right hand doing something else i mean it's very confusing um like to me I mean it feels only, only natural to think about it as just one phrase mm-hmm. and, and and then when I'm not succeeding because it's not working all the time <laughs> I'm just slowing the whole phrase like very very much and then trying to play note by note the phrase but as one phrase not just working on like left hand and then working on right hand and then playing it together that's for me that's never worked. Um, Even uh, in shows, when I play shows, every time that I'm trying to, like I'm thinking in my head, okay, it's your solo. Do this thing with your hand and then do with your left foot this other thing. It always goes like crap. And when I just just focus on playing phrases, just one, like just one phrase, let's, let's play this phrase. And then I play this phrase and it's awesome I'm focusing on playing phrases and and my body follows and that's it uh,
0: yeah I think yeah. I've exhausted this on the podcast talking about Nam and you know how many people come up to our booth which is weirdly enough we usually use an ANF drum at the big fat snare drum booth
1: I know I think uh, I went by I went by your booth like mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago yeah
0: yeah uh, he's so good about letting us use his stuff but um it's so, like these, these days, I wish people would think of drums and kind of zoom out kind of like how you're talking. Because a lot of people focus on a specific lick or a specific hand technique. And so they'll sit down on a drum set and they'll play this this 15-second phrase that you know they've worked on in their basement for the last six months. And then they'll go to a groove and it just falls apart. And it's like people are just can't see the forest for the trees when it comes to drums now. Because they have this ability to see all this specific lesson on this specific thing and then they don't know how to glue it all together just to be a nice, well-rounded drummer. And I, I include myself in that. I mean, I definitely, you know, there's drum candy that all go down and then what I should be working on is just, yeah, not left-hand technique, but do a groove and then try and bring a left-hand thing in there but make it this, this unified front as opposed to just like, my left hand is my thing I'm working on for the next six months, if that makes yeah. sense. You know? Yeah, of
1: course. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's hard uh, to think about it. Like, I mean, with today's social media, you have like Instagram, and you see like a crazy drummer doing like crazy shit, and and it's super easy to just uh, get out of focus. Mm-hmm. But um, funny, focus. I have like a very strong accent when I say focus. Eh, amazing. Okay, <laughs> you know? i I, wow, I, I have noticed. to bleed that out oh shit (laughs) okay uh so uh Mm. basically um every time i'm trying to uh like working on only phrases and telling a story for example i'm gonna i'm gonna just for example say uh i never um play ghost notes and a lot of people are gonna say wait a second you play a lot of ghost notes but i'm not referring these notes as ghost notes for me it's just a phrase like talking and you have inside the phrase some notes that are quieter that's that's the phrase it's it's not a main phrase with few more phrases underneath it's confusing it's a lot of information i just have like one phrase and i'm trying to tell a story with those phrases so, if I'm like, and I'm going to answer, the, 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 the dynamics is basically my tool. I can, it's just the same phrase, just with dynamics, and I'm just saying phrases. Mm-hmm. You know? And when I'm practicing, for me, it's just a, a free solo. I'm going to, for example, take only the kick snare and hats. I'm going to play... Not it's, It can be groovy, but I, I'm going to play just for a phrase between the kicks there and hats, and then I'm going to answer this phrase, and then I'm going to answer this answer, and so on and so on. Um, and without thinking about ghost notes, without thinking about licks, and, and when I do that, not only I find a lot of new phrases, I can really focus on... Now I said focus, right. I can really focus on... on <laughs> almost (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) i can really focus on 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 playing music and and then the music takes my body uh to new places and i'm gonna add sorry that i'm talking a lot but i'm gonna i'm gonna add a, a little bit uh more to that um sounds to me it's technique so when when you play sounds right you're gonna play the technique right Mm-hmm. For example, molar, molar system, for me, it's it's a sound. It's not a technique. It's... Mm-hmm. If you're going to play this this sound, th- those dynamics, your hands has to play molar system. If, if not, you, you're not going to have this sound. So instead of watching your hands trying to play this molar system, I'm just trying to listen. Let's play. I'm never w- like watching my hands when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to... Uh, hear and listen to the sounds and then when i play freely like this and trying to play phrases and tell a story i'm working on my technique my sounds like everything basically phrases uh, all at once just from five minutes story uh, telling through the drum kit
0: yeah how, how cognizant of technique are you when you're playing? I mean, I, I, I know you're listening and going for the sounds, but do you ever or have you ever uh, done any education, research? Like, how do I hold, like, what's the proper way to hold a stick? And then you can be like, you can decipher if you want to do that or not.
1: Uh, never. Okay. And I hate my, basically, every time I'm trying to work on my technique, I'm like, just, I get pissed off. Like, yeah. That's shit. I'm not even good. I'm just like, I'm so slow like everyone i guess uh but uh, just that's why and, and it's it's a negative uh thinking and negative thinking never gets me uh progress mm-hmm. so only positive thinking i mean maybe for some people you know some people like like love the the, the rough uh, uh exercise uh, method but for me it never worked I need, I need like to feel that i'm worth something that i'm telling a story that i can tell a story that i that i'm focusing on music uh, and then my body follows uh and and if not, it's gonna happen the next day mm-hmm. and 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 like for example, I never played the the uh, the drum pad. I mean I hate it uh it's it's not music. you can play uh m- musically on the drum pad, that's for sure, but it's not like a drum set, so I just played drum set as much as much as I can. for example, you don't see guitar player or saxophone players. Practicing not on their instrument—that's weird. Drummers are the only people that just just take take like a rubber thing instead of playing on, on the drum in drum set. So uh, uh, I just try to play as much as I can on the drum set. Uh,
0: that's that's a great point.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean...
0: Well, I because I, I I grapple with this a lot because I do have literally a, a pad right next to me that I'll if I'm like editing a video I'll just kind of work on stuff. Um, Perfect.
1: Yeah, but it's not a bad thing by the way. I'm not don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah going against drum pads or something <laughs> Yeah, no, and I didn't,
0: I didn't think yeah. you mean it you meant it in a bad way But you make a good point because it's like if you have a hi-hat that's maybe This height from from what I've seen you and me kind of have the same height of a hi-hat the hi-hat's here your snares here Uh, you know, you, you have your awesome little six inch snare kind of to the right. But when you're on a pad, your hand is at a certain angle. And so if you're really used to doing all these things, when your hands are at this, like relaxed, you know, 90 degree angle with your elbow, but then if you're like, okay, I can do all these things, but then you want to do that same thing on the hi hat with the left hand up here. It's like that's a whole different body movement with your wrists. So if you get used to being only good on the pad, when you bring it, you can't really translate out the drum set because then your, your arms are moving in all these weird ways. So it's, you can't, it's not a direct correlation. If you're great on the pad, you're gonna be great on the drum set. Mm-hmm.
1: That's by the way, the thing that uh, I talked about with uh, sounds and techniques, because when you play on the drum set, You've got to change your technique according to the the in- instrument you play on because our instrument is not one. It's it's a lot of weird stuff that we put together basically. Mm-hmm. It's a floor tom. It's very heavy. It's not re- you don't have rebound. Hi hats is like you have a lot of rebound from the hi hat uh, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So when you play drums, set, you get used to the idea that you're gonna you're making sounds and then your body get u- used to basically. Uh, I call it sound sound mapping, basically, because you map the sound. You, you, your body knows how to uh, change fast between floor tom and snare, tru- uh, snare drum and and side stick or whatever. Sure. Uh, so that's yeah. So that's why. Yeah. You, you already got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So I want to play a video before we go to this next question because it kind of pertains to. Okay. okay gonna I'm not. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm
1: not gonna talk so much. Sorry. Sorry. No, yeah, I mean, dude. I'm just like, I, yeah. I love it. <laughs> I answered like 30 minutes on one question. So yeah, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just asked you how you're doing. Um, all right. So, <laughs> all right. So let's just play a few minutes. Of this little guy.
1: I don't know if you noticed, that I messed up like towards the end.
0: Oh it's, really? Okay,
1: yeah. On, on the on the no drum, the drum machine, I had like my sticks went like. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, hope I, no one. I, I guess yeah. it
0: is. Well, now now they do. So you screwed yourself. All right. So this is from uh, Flow Denny Productions, and uh, this is kind of a two part. So how did he arrive at the pedal board setup that he now has, and how long did it take to develop? And then can you describe how he's getting the audio in? Like he was wondering if it's just one mic put through the audio in or if it's multiple mics combined and um, he also put five fire emojis so obviously he's more excited than Matt in class but uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it there
1: okay okay nice uh, both like great questions uh, especially with the fire emojis I mean how, you, how can you ignore that That's uh, oh my god exactly <laughs> um, so um, it's basically it was actually a long journey. Uh, it started uh, with me uh, buying this Erica Synth Fusion box. Uh, it was in Paris with Mike. I just heard this. Uh, uh, it's basically a delay with overdrive and, and it's very barbaric with the tube in inside. It's very, very barbaric. Sounds rad. And yeah, and, and I bought it and it, tr- it started to pass like electronic stuff through it uh, just like uh, from my iP- iPad, like uh, drum loops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, tr- I started to uh, pass like my own tr- like uh, loops and, and drums, but through Ableton and just in post uh, edit, not mm-hmm. like live. And then I noticed, wait a second, I need to hear what I'm doing in a, in, a, in order to play with it. So I, I started to play with it. At first I was like uh, playing just with my, one mic on the drum set and then, uh, I was like uh, routing the, the this mic to exit two on my other interface, and then this exit two went in to uh, uh, input two, and then <laughs> and then that's how it went. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I talked to the fear. Uh I said, "Man, I had like a crazy session with this uh, effect. I feel like I'm I'm onto something. Uh, I was like super lit. I felt like I'm gonna jump through the roof or- sure. roof or something." um because with this effect basically it's it's a long feedback so every time i'm not playing it's shouting at me like and it's so fun play <laughs> to, <me>. to improvise <laughs> yeah exactly with this amount of stress is like if you're not going to play something i'm going to shout It's this <laughs> you've got to try it i mean that's it's, it's crazy yeah, yeah, yeah so uh and then he said yeah i mean you need you need the pedal board and, um, and I said, oh, man, he's right. And then I started to uh, um, search from uh, more uh, pedals. And um, uh, I found out about the guy in here in Israel. Uh, his name is Deftone. Uh, he built me like a crazy fuzz, uh, very barbaric fuzz. It's more like a synth fuzz. Every time I'm playing uh, like a note, it's basically playing a synth. It's <laughs> crazy. A synth note. Uh, mm-hmm. Um and then i i bought also a distortion from him uh it's more like a rat uh distortion like mm-hmm. a, a clone and then i talked with mono about it that i'm building a pedal board and they were they they were like really kind enough to send me uh their pedal board uh with uh, two uh pedals from tysco basically they're uh, under the same umbrella so mm-hmm. i got two more effects like a fuzz and uh, Great analog delay, um, and that's the pedal board. And then I decided, okay, now I need like a looper, so I bought like the blooper. I don't know if you you heard about blooper. No. Uh, it's from oh, I forgot the name of the company, but I'm sure a lot of people know about this effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it lo- it's a multi looper kind of thing. It's it can be also a delay, um, and. Then I did something very barbaric, but it works. I just bought like a tiny <laughs> mixer uh, and I just plugged uh, one kit mic. It's basically I put it above the bass drum and one more mic, like a Russian mic, this this mic. <laughs> nice. Uh, uh, towards uh, one of the bells. Okay. And then in the mixer, I can choose uh, if I want to uh, uh, turn turn the, both mics up or maybe just one. I, I just play with it. Oh by the way I have also uh few effects from um, Matoverse if that's how you say their name. Okay. Uh it's not a sponsor- sponsorship or something but uh just they have like amazing effects uh so I'm very I like I like them like them a lot that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um and yeah so basically th- through the mixer at first I I was playing uh, uh like the kit mic was just also like the Russian mic but the, the Erica synth, if I want to choke the, the effect, because I, li- I, I like it when I get, like when I'm play kick drum, the whole effect is like ducking. So for that effect, I need to uh, get in a lot of subs into this uh, effect. So now I'm using, a, in this video, I'm using a, a ribbon mic. So you get a lot of low end for, for the kit mic. And every time I'm playing a kick, the whole effect is like ducking from all the subs. And then you know it's all it's all uh, parallel. So I'm basically recording myself with three mics regularly, and then uh, you have like one more channel, and it's the basically the pedal board uh, with the mixer and stuff.
0: How long did that journey take to go from just having that um, Erica synth to 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 now? Two years. Two years.
1: Yeah, the the whole pedal board idea came to life like in uh, I think two months maybe 1 month uh, something around that, around that but the whole process from the Ericacent was like 2 years that's
0: for mm-hmm. sure great well i hope that uh hope that helped flow flow denny productions um yeah. but uh, all right so the last one before we go into your 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 choices um for the for the big fat 5 is going to be and i <laughs> it's Musayi. i cannot pronounce his uh, instagram handle but it's it's toby bruce and i actually used this with ash Stone, but i think it's a good tie in to us talking about your, your influences. So, um, mm-hmm. real quick, how does he, one, go about using his influences without simply imitating or stealing?
1: Mm, that's a hard question. And yeah. my hard answer is I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we all, like, it's, it's we all listen to a lot of music and we all uh, imitate in some, le- on some level. So, for me, I just feel okay with, if I feel like a, Sometimes when I play, I can I can I can take the um, the idea of a different uh, drummer, but I'm not gonna play his phrases. So like I've said before, I'm not like really practicing, and I'm never like uh, tried to uh, play other people's licks and stuff. So I just listen to a lot of music, and then I play,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then like for example, if it's like a very jazzy uh, kind of tune maybe I'm going to feel a little bit like Brian blade. That's okay. I'm not going to play like Brian blade because no one can, but I'm going to just, you know, I'm just, I'm going to feel the same vibe. Like, like the way I know him Mm -hmm. through my ears, through my eyes, Um, um, and so on and so on. So basically that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm never thinking about it too much. Um, because we all take something from someone all the time. Um, it's okay if it's if it's in inspiration, but uh, but uh, so maybe so basically my tip will be <laughs> uh, maybe instead of trying I don't know if that's what he does I don't I don't want to say stuff that he don't don't do any anyway but uh, maybe instead of trying to uh, play other people's uh, licks, just listen and absorb a lot of music, and then go to play something like freely and that's okay if it's gonna sound a little bit uh like the same or maybe a little bit different because every person is going to bring their own uh, fing- fingerprint inside uh, this uh material i don't know if it's like a someone else's or not so um it's just it's going to happen because we are, we are all different uh for example like i see it a lot for in, in my students i have like a, a few students and every student of mine experience me as a different way. Some people think that I'm very like tight and, and funky drummer and and, and they, they they think they sound like me when they, tr- they play like this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, but I'm really like avant-garde and my my style's like actually very avant-garde and free. And some of the students see me as that, but then I also have the funky thing. So it's, you know, we, we are all a lot, of, a lot of things basically. So everyone, see something they like that they can see uh in their self basically and then they are trying just to uh, improve that Uh, so don't worry about that just play drums and be happy and enjoy every moment
0: I and seen. no that's yeah, uh, well <laughs> exactly. that's that's why I wanted to have you on talking about a a a person who sees you and wants to be a student of yours from afar and just to kind of you know look at what you do and try and play like you. That's why I want them to listen to an episode like this because it's like don't just watch Dan listen to these things that Dan listened to and then you can then channel that through your own thing and maybe sound similar to Dan, but use your previous influences and these ones to make your own thing. so. All, and every every all everyone like
1: definitely and everyone uh grew up on a different music as well so that's also because i live in israel so i grew up on a, a lot of like weird music that maybe not uh maybe like an american person or a um, and brazilian person never heard of so and and vice versa mm-hmm. so we all have like different roots and so it's gonna sound like very different and yeah just enjoy. Well-
0: it. I will echo that because I do not know uh, most of your picks. So this is, I'm really excited. Yeah, which is great. (laughs) Nice. The first one, so you actually did it in a cool way. So when I approach guests, because sometimes they're like, well, I don't know five choices. I don't, you know, it seems like a very daunting task. And so I give a few suggestions of maybe this or this. You don't have to use any of these, but like this is the vibe. And you kind of went through those and did an answer for each one of those, which was great. So um, the first one you responded to, which is one of my first, kind of suggestions was possibly a specific groove that completely changed the way you think about the drums. And so you chose The Joker by Karim Zied, and the album is uh, Afrikya, which is from 2001. And before I play it, what's what's kind of the backstory on Karim, because he, he's the drummer and writes the songs, it looks like, because yeah. it's a solo record.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a he's crazy guy. Uh, an amazing artist mm-hmm. uh, I grew up on his music basically because when I was uh 15 one of my teacher, uh, t- uh, teachers teachers uh, his name was uh, Ben Danzig that's, that's his name uh, very Israeli name <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, he he said I was sick very sick and I I I didn't show up uh the at, re- at rehearsal and he said like man you've got to listen to these guys it's going to cure you up and I was like oh man this is crazy and then i started to listen uh, to his music uh, endlessly basically um yeah he's just crazy uh, amazing musician lives in france i think uh it's uh, moroccan music uh, a lot of israeli musicians here uh, know him uh, yeah i mean
0: what what, what specifically about the joker uh, was that? would you just kind of arbitrarily choose a song of his that you enjoy, or was this song specifically a groove that really made you think twice?
1: Yeah, I mean this this groove. At first, I didn't know where's the one. To mm. be honest, and then I noticed. Okay, he's not playing uh, the one with the kick drum, and in Moroccan music, it happens a lot when it's one, two, three, four. And then when we play it on the drum set. It gets uh, very confusing. That's the first time I noticed. Okay, I can play the kick drum not on the one, and I can play a, like a, a whole groove that the lead is the snare on the one. It's, it's At first. It was like weird for me, uh, and then I noticed. Okay, I can I can go like extreme with it, and I can actually improvise in triplets with the kick snare and hats without ever having to play the one at all Uh, and then I felt so so free on the drums that I like discovered a new port of like a new world basically Mm -hmm. that I I started just to play really free and felt like my internal clock is very strong or getting strong uh, through this method or groove yeah. And it's very common in, in Morocco,
0: this group. So it's like... Uh, Great. Well, let's yeah. just play, uh, yeah, The Joker by Kareem. It's yeah. like sometimes i'm like where's the one and then i'm like who who cares just listen ben just chill yeah. it's, it's okay <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, yeah
1: first of all definitely
0: yeah
1: and um but you're gonna get it i mean i mean once you get it you, you can go back that's that's amazing about it so um basically just one two three four second oh that's one one just uh just silent one uh, a lot of times we used to, to hear the kick drum as one, as the most heavy, heaviest beat on the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does it like, like on the end of the three, what? Like yeah.
0: A... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you actually have two, two choices for my next suggestion, which was your favorite fill or choice or moment from a, cer- a certain record. And so your first one was a Razzie Beat by Aman Tobin.
1: Amen Tobin. Yeah. Amen
0: Tobin, <laughs> there you yeah, go. Yeah, from the album "Fight, Fight, Fight," and there's exclamation yeah. points. So uh, pretend that I just screamed those. But it's from <laughs> 2020, and I'm going to yeah. start it at about at about 45 seconds. that people are going to be listening to this podcast and roll up to a parking lot. The friend's like, what are you listening to? It's like, oh, a podcast. It's yeah. <laughs> Just like so much bass. Just... Yeah,
1: yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Definitely like a very different uh, reference or a, a, a choice. Yeah. From, uh Karimziad. Yeah. Actually, I, I listened to this album uh, a lot recently. Tammuz Dekel from Tatran uh, sent it to me like a few months ago and I fell in love with this album. Mm-hmm. emon Tobin, he does like a lot of... Uh, he goes way back from the 90s i think and he does like a lot of uh ambient sounds he creates just soundscapes um uh, but he does it in such a way it sounds like a, comp- a composition it doesn't mm-hmm. sound just like random sounds it's yeah. really a composition um uh, uh beautiful composition and he also has like a, a side uh project called two fingers and that's the more uh like uh i can say um beat kind of groove gro- more groovy stuff of mm-hmm. his um and this album is from two fingers and this track is so pumping and uh, every time i'm listening to this track it's like oh my god and and it resonates a lot with the stuff i do with the effects recently mm. uh, so i feel like a lot of the sounds i'm looking for it's uh basically uh, i can hear them in this album uh or the references from the sounds I'm I'm looking for Uh, it's very electronic but the groove is so alive Mm -hmm. if you ask me it's not like a you know like a very straight ahead it's very you have like a great swing to it it feels natural Uh, just beautiful song so yeah
0: yeah whatever he's using as like the the frequency of the hi-hat sound is really cool and really syncopated and kind of plays with that bass drum Quite a bit, exactly. Which is what you yeah. do when you're playing a lot. Um, so he, he probably copied you. Uh, uh, you know, gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta sue him.
1: Oh man! But yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, I can see that that bass drum sound too in in, in the wood the Woodhouse sessions. You like yeah. that kind of really tonal big bass drum sound, which again A and F drums sound so good. <laughs> exactly.
1: I mean, recently, I mean, I'm i not using any holes or port uh, holes on my on my uh, on my kick drum mm-hmm. at all. I just replaced all the heads for no holes uh, because I want to get all the tone and and there's so many low end and subs on these drums. It's fucking crazy, and I just I just put ribbon mic, like a little bit uh, towards the kick drum, and you get so many subs and it's it's crazy, so many low end, and I'm just going for this kind of vibe just to have a lot of low end and subs on my kick drum. Because it's just it's just drums, so I don't need to EQ stuff mm-hmm. and to go like to kill the drums there's no other uh, instruments yeah so I just, I just go nuts with all the the frequencies and so fun uh,
0: yeah uh so, this is uh, a geeky drummer question but do you do you bury the beater or do you do you hit it and let it kind of resonate
1: so before i I when, when I was playing with with uh, uh holes um, I was burying the kick mm-hmm I, I was playing with it but I, I i never uh like uh noticed exactly what i'm doing and now when i'm playing without holes you have to notice you can bury the key the, the bitter but uh it, it's it's changing the sound yeah so you get two sounds basically and it's so fun to play with it for me it's just amazing um uh, so that's that's what i do but but it's not i mean if you ask me it's not, it's not a bad thing to bury the bitter it's just two sounds uh It's great if you have them both, if you can uh, play with it, but it's, I mean, everyone can play however they found it uh, comfortable uh, for them. Um, I I mean, I I, I learned how to play uh, um, like without burying the bitter uh, through my jazz period of Mm. uh, playing because I had like a few years when I play jazz, very quiet. So I had to put put my heel down and then I learned how to play uh, with my heel down. And then it started to be like heel down, heel up kind of thing. Um, but I mean, like I've said, with sounds and technique, just take a best drum without a hole and start to play with it and you're going to get it. Your foot is going to uh, get it. I mean, your body is going to learn mm-hmm. and you're going to, if you're going to listen to it, it's it's going to happen.
0: Sure. And Yeah. All right. So this is also in the category of a favorite, fail choice or moment. And it was from uh sandia by again we've talked about it before about kareem zayed zayed Mm -hmm. um, from the same album ifriqia but uh i'm gonna start and this is we didn't talk about specifically where in this song but i took a little liberty and maybe assumed you meant towards the end when the rhythm kind of starts to get a little different or is it just the overall vibe
1: it's the whole song but but i mean every part of this song for me it's amazing so so play whatever you feel like whatever.
0: well this this part's cool and it's, it's something that i'm gonna pull from too is the the shaker and again it's probably this is my western brain it's like a shaker with claps on the on uh, a shakers playing like 16th notes and the claps are on like the upbeat chicka-tacka-chicka kind of thing and then towards the end of the song the the the, the the shaker or the you know the kind of more syncopated uh, sound becomes triplets and then the claps become on like the third triplet so it goes yeah it's it's and it's just because they change the rhythm but I actually don't think within the tempo the claps change in this part it's just the 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 dancing around it which is really cool so I didn't mean to um, you know <laughs> take away your choice from you but it was it's no, a no, cool no. song.
1: Awesome.
0: transition there's really cool
1: yeah yeah it's uh basically the 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 shaker we talked about is uh, i forgot the name sorry if I'm, I'm ignorant but uh but it's it's a metal uh sheets it's actually a choir of of people that holding uh, in each hand like a metal uh, sh- like sheets with uh, little uh, dimps in it, in them, and they clap it together. Oh, cool! And then you, you get like re- it's really loud. In the recording, it sounds like a pleasant, but it's really loud. <laughs> and you have like a, the claps and the shouts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very earthy, and when I feel when I hear the song, I feel like it's something like it feels like I'm listening to uh, to the truth it feels like, like a truth I don't know how to describe it more no, it's beautiful that,
0: man, I, I, yeah I love it
1: yeah it feels just so honest Um, and 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 that's what music is about just to play, like a, a lot of people uh, like resonate in the same frequency together really strong, and you can feel it in this song um, and that's, that's what music is about. So I felt like when I heard it, I felt like I, I'm connecting, um, uh, to music, to people, to this. Um, so yeah.
0: Great. All right. Well, let's uh, go to number, uh, number three or sorry, this is actually be number four. And, um, my suggestion was a performance, which you either played or witnessed that altered your musical course. And you were, you, you said a performance I had when I was 17 years old as part of a young gifted music, uh, camp.
1: Yeah. Actually, it's a little bit sad, a sad story. Oh, no. <laughs> when I, when I was <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> when I was uh, in music academy, uh, I was sixteen years old because I I was I dropped from school, and and I felt like really depressed, and it's it, like it was very school kind of thing. So I was I felt like I'm forced to play in a certain way. Every time they they told me to play quiet and certain phrases that I didn't like, and I felt like I'm. Pretty, pretty depressed, to be honest. And every time I booked, like, a room to practice, I just, I didn't play drums. I played the piano a little bit, and then that's it. Uh, I was depressed. I, I felt like I, I don't want to play drums anymore. Uh, and then uh, when I got in this uh, music camp, it was with a, a saxophone player named Eli Gibri. He's like a jazz saxophone player from New York. He's in Israel, he's Israeli, but he lives in New York now, he's in Israel. Um, and Actually, I was there with Ophir from Uh We we know like way back, and Ellie was every time I I played something without noticing, like the like 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 a phrase that was natural to me. He was like, "Yeah, that's amazing. Do that. That's and I felt like finally someone loves my own phrases and loves actually me. Uh, and and I felt like okay, now I want to play drums again felt so good and then at the show he said something so beautiful because we had a sound check and I played uh, loud and I said wait a second is that, is that because it's a jazz band and I said is that too loud for like in this view, venue should I play quieter because at the, the music Academy they told me to play quieter all the time and he said it's loud when you want it to be loud that's, that's his answer answer was and it was like perfect wow that's amazing answer because I control it. If I wanted to be loud, if I want to be loud in this piece of music, that's a choice. It's a, it's an artistic choice. And then I felt like it's not a uh I, I don't have to force myself to play like something. I felt like I have power. I I have like a, a power that I can control and I can, I can be loud if I want. And and this attitude and way of thinking uh changed actually the way I think about um uh, playing with people or drums or music
0: how did you get into this young gifted music camp in general
1: i had an audition okay that i always uh, like almost uh, bailed as usual (laughs) and and like the last (laughs) minute uh, my father said no 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 let's let's take you to this audition do this and immediately he loves me in the audition audition and i felt like okay that's weird and and I mean as a kid you know I was 17 I think so it, it felt so good that someone like really loves you and he's like a professional musician and loves me for playing my own phrases for playing uh, from bringing myself to the table that's why, how I felt and and he, he he gave me so much respect like I can and so much uh, responsibility I mean the volume it's all about me. The phrases. it's all about me. And I need to bring something to the table. I need to bring me, not just a phrase. I need to communicate with other people. Uh, it was beautiful. So, yeah.
0: Speaking of sounds and bringing you to the, to the table, what, I mean, when you finally got ANF drums, how much was your sound that you heard in your head elevated when you finally got in front of the instrument? You're like, oh, this is finally it.
1: Uh, it was like so different I mean ANF drums goes so deeply and they have so much frequent frequencies uh, that uh, it's almost like a different instrument and mm-hmm. you need to learn how to I mean you can play it regularly on the drums and it's gonna be perfect but then there's a lot more in there and it took me it took me like two years to get adapted to the ANF f system if you will mm-hmm. uh, to feel free to, to actually control uh, and know the drums and know what the drums can offer me and it's so many not only the weird sizes of drums also in each drum you have so much tone and and, 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 and like ring t- and like uh, uh, overtones um, and depth uh, it's crazy crazy journey that's for sure mm-hmm. uh, and actually I had like a great talk with Rami from ANF uh, a few weeks ago and he told he told me like i mean I, I told him like yeah i feel like it, it's uh, it, it changed me and he said it, it doesn't it, it's not like changing you uh, because i feel everyone like it was in you the this whole time but you just get you got an instrument that that is very good and now you can finally get those things out uh, and it can bring more things out that it was already inside Uh, and you didn't know and you needed like a new sound or a new drum to get it out Uh, and uh, and I felt like yeah it it makes a lot of sense because other musicians like uh, that plays A&F drums play very different and they have like for example Piero he's an Italian uh, drummer he's Mm -hmm. amazing he's so different than me Uh, he's very lyrical and musical and and his uh, note on the drums like I uh, am um, so different than mine and because these drums just amplified the stuff that already, al- already uh, uh, are like in being inside of him so basically this, that's what it is um, and also Brody Simpson is like a <laughs> crazy crazy yeah. dude uh, a good friend of mine and he's you know we we are also very different uh, so I feel like in a way it's not changing people it's just uh bringing stuff out that need, needs to be uh uh out or maybe you you can discover new stuff that uh, was already inside of you mhm if it makes sense no so,
0: perfect sense uh, yeah. for the sake of time unfortunately let's just keep moving on but I could talk about okay. A&F sure. all day um, again okay. I, I think a big reason why our booth sounds so good at Nam is because we're using his drums but uh, all right so this is uh i I'm really excited to go down a rabbit hole with this drummer this is your favorite drummer at the moment and how their overall body of work affected you and it's uh Christian Lillinger yes right. it. yeah so let's He's just German. He's he's German and he's amazing. Um, yeah, exactly. so let's just let's just play a song. Um, it's uh, configuration two, and it's from the album uh, Beats. Putting the accents on those hi hats is so so rad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah. so Hard full cool phrase. Actually, so I, I get get I, I got the chance to know him through Mind of Symbols because he's an artist. Mm-hmm. I think Norbert from Minor Symbols told me about him. Um, and, and then I saw a video and I was like, okay, this guy's crazy. And um, it's not, it's, it, I mean, at first, he, I mean, of course, he, he does like a lot of crazy stuff and polarithmics and whatever, but uh, the thing that I like the most about Christian is his approach in musicality and the connection with other musicians, uh, so committed to, to, to the moment and I feel like they are uh, composing music in real time. That's that's for me. That's almost uh, the highest form of of um, music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, also when you see his body work, he's just he's playing with his heart, and his whole body is is in it. I mean, he's he's all about motions and sounds for me. So when when I saw body. I just had to <laughs> when I saw body in the question This, this <laughs> name immediately just puffs uh, to my mind. So yeah.
0: Um, sound wise, do you do you, do you pull from him or mean how how long have you actually known about him?
1: Uh, a year or so. Okay. We are very different mm-hmm. because I, I usually play with heavy sticks, and very like a uh, full res like sound or resonating drums or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he i i noticed plays with a lot of uh, like different like uh, uh small sticks mm-hmm. almost like skewers um and then he gets like a lot of tiny tiny uh sounds from the snares like the snare sound almost choked it's because the sticks are so uh narrow that's what that's what i think and and he's all about like a, he's like in in a more he he plays a lot more quiet than me that's for sure um and I tried. I tried to to uh, to you know to to play a session and to imagine just to play like like you know the same atmosphere as he's playing. But it's not. I'm not even bothering. But bothering of like trying because it's it's impossible. <laughs> uh, it's v- really his own approach to drums. Um, but I, I I do take like I do love avant garde and free music a lot. So uh, and lately I felt like I'm. I droned apart from uh, avant-garde and lately I'm playing more beats and stuff and then when I heard, heard him I was like okay yeah that's that's what I like about avant-garde because it's very easy with avant-garde to be just a another genre it it, it, it happens you know with every genre so uh, I felt like a lot of people playing avant-garde just just to play a genre mm-hmm. we are playing avant-garde right now and it's not I, I don't I don't like it but he, when he playing it sounds like he playing something honest and he's communicating and he, they're playing music, like real music. So I felt like they're talking and it's amazing.
0: So he, yeah, he, he gets small snare sounds out of his sticks and you actually just have a small snare. <laughs> and yeah. big sticks, yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly, so it's like yeah. you guys complete each other. This is great.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
0: All right, that's the end of part one with Dan Mayo. I'll be uploading a shorter part two tomorrow. So stay tuned for that and have a good damn day. Bye.